Seals fans, what's going on? I'm Teddy Jenner, and this is a very impromptu chat between myself, Steve Govett, and Patrick Merrill, and I'm so glad that you could join us all. Obviously, the news of the week hasn't been one that we all hoped we would get, but kind of one that we saw coming. The National Lacrosse League announcing that they would forego any sort of shortened bubble hybrid season and focus on a full game season of full length starting in the fall of 2021. Steve, this is news that, like I said, we weren't really hoping for, but kind of expected. But there is some other news that we need to get to first, and that's why the heck am I here? Why the heck is Teddy here? <laughs> hey, Teddy, um, I guess uh, before we get to the news of the week, we'll get to the news of the day. And uh, thrilled to have Teddy Jenner join the SEALs uh, as part of our broadcast crew uh, when we get back to broadcasts. And and uh, certainly helping us with social media content and on-air talent, um, light on the talent, heavy on the on-air. Um, but uh, the premier and pre you know the foremost authority on lacrosse uh, in the National Lacrosse League, uh, Teddy Jenner, joined the Seals. It's big news for us. Welcome aboard, Ted. Thrilled to have you. Uh, I appreciate it, Steve. Uh, you've always been good to me whenever I've needed to find a new home. So real happy to be a part of the Seals and reunited with my former teammate in Patrick Merrill and. Patty, this has been a, a tough season as a head coach and general manager, but you're also still busy with the Hill Academy. How are things going uh, up there north of the border? Yeah, first of all, welcome uh, to the team, Teddy. Couldn't be more excited to, to be working with you again. Um, huge asset to our organization, so welcome aboard but uh, and congratulations. But, um, yeah, things are... Uh, Things are very much kind of like uh, March or April vibes uh, from the spring up here in Canada right now, quite frankly. Uh, we're still uh, in a, technically in a state of emergency, um, you know, and, uh, you know, as you know, I, I work at, uh, at the Hill Academy as well up here. And we just got an announcement this past, past uh, Wednesday, I guess it was. Uh, that they are going to allow students to come back to school. Um, we're going to reopen on, on the 16th, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot to, to navigate through logistically to, uh, to be ready for our staff and students to come back. But otherwise, pretty good. The logistics of what you're dealing with uh, kind of comprehend what the logistics Steve and everyone else in the National Lacrosse League have been having to deal with for the past few months. Steve, this obviously was not an easy decision for Nick Sakevich, the Players Association, the Board of Governors. How did we get here? <laughs> well, I think going back and, and just, you know, a bit of, uh, to recap the history, um, there was a lot of, a ton of work put in by a ton of people uh, and ideas and thought processes. And, and I think with the goal in mind of, of the long-term sustainability and growth of the National Lacrosse League, and I think that's the, if that's your starting point, I think everybody is uh, moving uh, in a positive direction, you know, thinking about what we can do uh, to grow our league and grow the platform. And, and quite frankly, you know what, it's, uh, we're just faced with a safety issue here, right? I mean, I think when it's all said and done, um, the National Lacrosse League, the players, the coaches, the GMs, and the owners and, and, the, and the league office are thinking about how do we protect uh, our own and, and making sure that we're not putting people in harm's way. And, and a number of offices around the league are closed with people working from home uh, so that we can protect each other. And, and I think that's, that's indicative of us thinking about not putting fans in, in an arena 
um, whether they're open or not, uh, trying to come up with solutions. So ultimately, this is about safety, you know, and, and COVID has taken over the world and, and has consumed a lot of people. Uh, and that's tragic. And I think uh, the National Lacrosse League across the board and all its stakeholders uh, just weren't going to be weren't going to be a part of that. Obviously, people are going to look at the optics and say, well, how come the San Diego Gulls can play? And how come the NHL can do things and the NBA and all these other pro leagues and the PLL can get things done? Why couldn't the National Lacrosse League get this done? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think starting with, you know, the Gulls and, and understanding who the Gulls are and what the AHL is and as a, a farm system for the parent clubs, um, you know, their job is to, is to keep players focused and ready on serving that parent club. And those guys are, are a minor league system that is uh, preparing those, those players to move up uh, to the next level and fill in where there's injuries or trades or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and their ability, and, you know, the Gulls uh, are mo- you know, moved up to play in a, you know, a small, I, I wouldn't say it's practice facility, but a small venue um, without fans uh, in order to stay close to Anaheim and prepare their players uh, to go up to the bigger clubs. And obviously the NHL uh, is in a scenario where, you know, television contracts in both the NBA and the NHL uh, have been so big, um, you know, to the extent that they, they have to be able to continue to deliver uh, on their contracts and the obligations they have for their contracts. And, and it's a challenge. I know a number of our, our owners in the National Lacrosse League are challenged. Um, they have a national hockey team. Some of them have, have uh, NBA teams, and they're challenged right now with, with not having people in the buildings. And, and you know what? what? What's really tough is – the fans make our game when, when you play in front of fans, like that's the, that's the heartbeat of, of this whole process and playing in front of these people. And, and that's what we do. We entertain people and it's a, it's a sportainment uh, opportunity. And, and unfortunately, you know, not having fans makes it, it's a little bland. Um, the PLL is a, a much different animal, right? They play outdoors. And so the indoor nature of our sport made it really difficult uh, to get people into the building as a ticket-driven, ticket-revenue-driven league, uh, that was obviously going to be a challenge. Um, you know, the PLL playing outside uh, and the obligations they have with NBC and, and their contract, uh, you know, they're, they're going to move forward, we hope, and, and I hope they get a chance to play, and we're pulling for them and excited to watch. I watched the PLL Island like everybody else last summer and, and was – you know, was riveted. And that was the, that was the impetus for, you know, thinking about a bubble for the NLL. We're going to get to that bubble question in a minute. We want to bring Patrick back in and how deep are you in your preparation for what could have been an NLL bubble? Yeah, I would say pretty deep. I would say pretty deep. So, you know, even going back to just before the draft, uh, you know, all the considerations that kind of went into that and who we select and, you know, with the kids that uh, are, sorry, they're kids to me now, I guess, Teddy, right. We're getting older, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're getting uh, old, bud. Uh, the, the, the players going back to college. And, and so, but since, since then, you know, we've, uh, we tried to prepare the, the players. We had a large, we have a large group of guys that were signed. Um, and, you know, between myself and, and our, our assistant coaches, Josh Sanderson, and Billy Greer and our scouting staff, we stayed pretty engaged with the guys uh, the best that we could. You know, we had monthly calls with them. Uh, we did film sessions with them. Obviously, we were monitoring their um, their training programs, etc. 
you know, with our strength and conditioning uh, coaches in, in San Diego, uh, working with them remotely. Um, so, you know, when, when they got the news uh, the other day, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty emotional uh, mm -hmm. to be honest, but, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, I think just to Steve's point, I think everyone realized just, just due to the nature of, of playing in the league and being a part of this league, that, um, you know, I think they appreciated the fact that we were looking out for their safety first. You mentioned you, you got a bunch of guys signed. You have about 30 guys under contract right now. How do you like the looks of your team going into whenever we may start? I think that was the most heartbreaking part of it, Teddy, to be honest. We were pretty excited about this group. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, as well, just from, from the guys, and especially the guys that have been around since year one, um, you know, we were, we were really kind of, I would say, um, you know, building towards this year uh, in a lot of ways. And, and then, you know, just looking at our roster uh, from our coaching staff to the players that we, the, from our new players to the players that we've had around for a little while, uh, there was a huge sense of excitement and, and confidence. I, I, I really didn't, you know, right from the time that kind of the season was suspended and eventually canceled last spring, um, there was just a, a different sense of, of confidence within the group. And then it grew you know, once we got through free agency and added some players and then the draft. And, uh, and again, I think they put a lot of work into trying to prepare for whatever uh, was going to be presented to them uh, as a format this season. So, yeah, I think that's stung a little bit for the group, but I think it also bodes well for, for next year. Steve, you may be able to answer this because when Pat and I talked the other day, he was still unsure. Has the National Lacrosse League decided what they're going to do with this missed sort of year? Is it going to count towards contracts, or is it? Are we just going to pretend like March through whenever we start again never happened? Yeah, well, I think the challenge that we have is that there was a ton of energy, resources, uh, and and thought being put into um, you know a shortened season first of all, uh, and as we transition from that to uh, what we thought was going to be an opportunity to play, you know, in the bubble, uh, everything kind of focused on that. And so as this decision was made in real time, uh, you know, last week, uh, or, or sorry, earlier this week, um, you know, we've already convened the competition committee. Uh, we have a great group on that committee that, uh, that, that I, I get to lead. And, and a lot of conversation has already happened. Certainly Brian Lemon, and Max Twer at the league office are huge parts of that. And, and the competition committee is going to convene. We've already had a conversation about, uh, I think the first order of business was freezing the rosters right now and just kind of saying, okay, we're not going to add, subtract. Uh, we need to just have a cooling off, settle down. Okay, uh, now what? And, and we will begin to convene. We convene weekly. Uh, I suspect we'll start to have conversations more than weekly uh, to come up with solutions for – um, obviously, timing and the key dates, which are going to be uh, interesting as we move forward, and, and what happens with the NCAA and the draft and draft order and free agency. And there's a number of things that are, remain to be negotiated, and, and ongoing conversations continue to happen between the PLPA and the league office, and, and we're hopeful for super positive outcomes there. And, and ultimately, that's going to dictate – uh, the direction that we take. So um, clearly lots of thought going into one, shifting and pivoting. We are focusing attention on what's next. Uh, and, and that's just the bottom line is, is you know, we're, we're facing kind of shifting sands, if you will, uh, and people keep moving the, the, uh, 
the goalpost on us. Um, COVID keeps moving the goalpost on us. And, and ultimately, where we thought we would be, you know, from a, a health and safety perspective at this time, uh, you know, in last even October, right? Even August or even at September in the draft, when you think back to where we thought we would be right now uh, and all the planning that has gone into making that work. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been fantastic because I think what this is exposing is a lot of character in our league office, a lot of character at the teams, and I think perseverance and, and a focus on, on how to grow this league for the long term. So really good news, right? It's, it's tough news to hear, but I think good news is we're getting better and stronger in this situation. Um, and so what will come out of it is obviously some announcements that will be about key dates and, and, and contracts and, and drafts and all, all that stuff is coming. Uh, we talked the bubble, um, and everyone was kind of hoping that we would get to that state and there were some rumors floating around that you know Hamilton was going to be in the mix and we were going to have a 20-day tournament and we were going to crown a champion did you think that that was actually viable as you guys were discussing that was that close to being really put into action yes and I to the you know right now feel like it's viable it would have been viable for the National Lacrosse League now obviously circumstances making it difficult to pull that off and safety, obviously. Right. So, but from a viability perspective, I think it was going to be a really intriguing and compelling narrative for the national lacrosse league. Would it have been shorter? Would it have been different? Uh, would it potentially and Pat can talk about this, but potentially a war of attrition, uh, in, in that time frame? And I, I just think our product is so good and our players are so amazing uh, and, and the guys that are leading them, like Patrick and, and coaches and GMs around the league, it would have been so awesome and really like destination television. And if you remember back on PLL Island in the summer, everybody was tuning in to watch what was happening today and then ultimately was really intrigued by what would happen tomorrow and the constant engagement that, that we would have had. Um, man, I, I just I can't. Uh, I can't say enough about how cool that the product, but you know, the product that was going to be created for this in a made for TV event and the efforts and energy and the money that was going to be spent. Um, I got to tell you, it was, it was going to be something, a spectacular, the national lacrosse league has never seen. So uh, a spectacle that, that I think we would have been super proud of and, and I'm bummed, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken that uh, we're not going to get to pull it off because I would have loved to have seen all of our teams in one place at one time playing a tournament. That would have been, it would have been just special. It would have been like, you know, days when we were kids going to the jamborees, traveling around and, and seeing Pee-wee your buddies Nationals. and, and- yeah, exactly. Um, you talked about the television and the spectacular and, and the things that were being planned. And the commissioner mentioned these to Devin, these things to Devin Caney in, in his sort of um, press conference that he did the other day. Are these practices of looking for TV ventures something that we're going to be looking forward to in the future? Is this like going to be a proceeded event? I sure hope so. I mean, I think that the point of of kind of all of this is to drive um, drive viewership and increase consumership, right? And so this is really about long term and and what we can do to build long term value in our franchises, long term value in 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 our players, uh, and long term value in the overall you know construct of the league. And and that only comes when you build more consumers. And we have to build 
non-endemic consumers. There are unfortunately just not enough lacrosse fans out there. Uh, we have to introduce the game across the board and grow the footprint. And I think what we saw throughout the, the board was uh, people um, from every team and, and the league that are committed to, to seeing the consumer base grow and, and, and a passion for our, our product uh, and then delivering that product to a lot of people, to the masses. I think that's, that's what we're going to continue to pursue. We have to. The masses include uh, two rookies that you drafted, Pat, and uh, Mr. O'Keefe and Mr. LeClaire. How excited are you to you know, not have to wait for them now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, we were always uh, kind of hoping that, you know, if the if the bubble or or the season would have started in April, that we would still kind of be able to inject them into our, our lineup then. But we knew that it would be somewhat of a, a challenge or or even even a long shot. Um, so, you know, I mean, again, they are two guys that hopefully will be with us for a long time. But in the short short term, kind of we feel could. Uh, address some kind of immediate needs as well. We think that they're that mature as players and and that NLL ready and and that dynamic and and uh, it, it was actually really cool um, to kind of get to know them through this process as well. We we kind of tried to obviously lightly working around you know what they were doing, but mm -hmm. I was able to you know have conversations with them individually and stuff and their excitement to play in this league. Obviously, they their main priority right now is school, but. Um, their excitement to play in this league and, and get involved with the team dynamic uh, already is uh, it was was uh, was pretty cool for us as coaches to uh, you know to to get to know them through that process because again I think that their their guys are committed to being pro players and are, and are going to have long careers themselves. I got to watch uh, Danny Logan with Denver University play uh, on Friday. That was a, a good treat to watch. He's going to be a, a real spark plug for you guys. It's going to be interesting because Steve talked about the draft and, and when that might be and how it might be affected. You're now essentially could be getting two full draft classes into a roster of 30 already proven NLL guys. How difficult is that going to be um, as a general manager and as a coach to work around the – really excessive numbers of bodies that you're going to have that you've never really had before. Good problem to have as, yeah. as a GM, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, and again, the 2020 draft was really strong, really deep in terms of talent. I think the 2021 draft is going to be the same and yeah, it's going to, it's going to be tricky, but, but at the end of the day, you know, as Steve mentioned, I have trust in, in the leadership of the competition committee of the league in general, and I'm sure we're going to figure it out in a fair an equitable way. There's already some posturing going on, you know, rumors flying around between GMs and on the street within the lacrosse world. I'm sure you're hearing them as well, Teddy. Uh, you know, try get people trying to get edges here and there already. But uh, at the end of the day, there's so many cool things that can happen right out of that draft. And, uh, you know, the more, more talent we can add to our roster, you know, we're going to take it. Um, you know, and, and we also have you know, some players that are unfortunately that are, that are approaching the end of their careers as well. And, and we realize that and, uh, um, you know, may not return as a result of this. Um, so we're, we're going to need, we're going to need to acquire some talent to, to help us uh, get to where we want to go next year uh, and in the you, future. You probably have the inside track. Um, are we going to get Brody back and are we going all in for him or are we going to try to get your little brother a ring here? 
You know what? Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, to be honest, I think that, uh, you know, Brody's in a pretty good place. I think, uh, you know, as he always says, he's, he feels uh, in kind of a Brody way, right? He feels worse for the guys that kind of are in their prime and he kind of considers himself on borrowed time at this mm -hmm. point, but uh, you know, he, he feels worse for the guys and, and quite frankly, the, the, the college kids and the, and the, and the young players that are missing season right seasons right now, he said, he, he doesn't want anyone to shed a tear for him. That being said, you know, we're going to certainly try to convince him to play again. That's, that's, um, that's where we're at. And we hope he can, he can, uh, he can get there, but you know, obviously it's going to take him some time now to digest this news and, and, and see where he's at going into next year. And, but either way, I think he's at peace with the, with, with where he's at. And, you know, but I, I Again, I think he, he takes a look at our roster as well, right? And, and he mm. mentioned to me this to me the other day and said, you know, this is probably the team that he feels more com most confident in in terms of winning a championship with uh, uh, and, and maybe more so than any other, other team he's played on. So that's, that's something, right? So is, hopefully, exactly. hopefully that motivates him to come back. Uh, maybe being on Twitch or Nickelodeon might – intrigue him and entice him to come back steve what what kind of endeavors is the league looking into to try to bring more eyes um from not just a, a, a streaming platform basis yeah i think it's again it's about mass distribution right ted i i, I think the uh, the key to this is how can we get to the most amount of people um you know in the, in the shortest possible pathway but the key is who we're introducing the game to, right? And what demographic? And I, I think who is the new level of consumer and and what is it that people are consuming on? So, um, you know, the, the NFL broadcast on Nickelodeon, while some people, some traditionalists, some people that were – people that already consume are not the people we need to convince, right? Because <laughs> that's simple. They already consume, and so they love it already. Uh, and while their opinions – are important to us and will continue to listen, uh, we need to broaden the horizons. And, and what the NFL did was, was they took a risk, you know, and NFL doesn't need to take any risks, but th that's an example. They're, they're, a, they're certainly a, you know, a, a benchmark legacy league and they're taking chances on, on networks like Nickelodeon with a broadcast geared towards kids. And, and I, I heard from a lot of, you know, parents, uh, that turned around and said their kid loved it and watched it and can't wait for the next one. And then the following week, they watched a game and were like, hey, well, where's the slime? You know, um, and I think that's what, you know, that's what the National Lacrosse League needs to consider. And look, many conversations um, can't obviously get too in depth with what's happening behind the scenes, but uh, but new platforms uh, to launch the sport and, and traditional platforms are important, right? L linear television still is important. But as you watch people cut cords, as you watch, pe watch people kind of consume in different ways on on these devices that they have, uh, you know, we need to be we need to be really cognizant of what the future looks like. And and uh, that's what I was really I really was was excited about for the bubble was that we were actually talking about much different approach than we have talked about in the past. And I think that's refreshing. Uh, I think all of our ownership thought it was refreshing and exciting. And and that, that's going to bode well for our future. When the news came out, you know, there was 
kind of two schools of thought. There was fans that understood and, and there was players that understood and sponsors that will understand. But there's also obviously the ones that just don't understand it and see this as a lost opportunity for the National Lacrosse League. And one concern that will always come up whenever something like this happens, especially with our league, is the fear of teams folding. Are we in that position right now? I don't think the National Lacrosse League has ever been stronger. And and I have been, you know, not not to bore anybody with ancient history, but I, I've been around for a heck of a long time. And I have watched the ebbs and flows of this league, and I've seen teams go away. And I've, I've understood every reason behind it. You know, it's, it's just – it is what it is, but I don't think I have ever seen a board uh, so galvanized towards the future of, of what we're doing and and the building of equity and the and this you know the the expansion and the new owners that come to our table at the board of governors and their um, excitement that they have and and you know evidenced in a guy like Greg Bibb and and Bill Cameron in, in Fort Worth and and just the sheer passion that they're bringing to the table that have never been involved in the game before. And so it, it excites me. It energizes me. It ignites, you know, kind of that passion and the fire that, that I think we want to have. And so, you know what, those fans that are saying, Hey, we lost an opportunity. Yeah, sure. We did. And it's a challenge. I'm, we're all, we're all reeling from this right now and, and a little bit in mourning, but um, the bottom line is, and I go back to my, the, my first statement, this is about safety, and we cannot – like, who would we be, right? Who would we be as leaders and stakeholders in this game if we weren't looking out for our employees and our players and, and those, those fans that come into the arena? And, and sometimes, you know, tough love, right? you got to do what's right. The Canadian border issue was obviously one that was going to be a huge hurdle for us. Do we hope that when we get to 10 months from now that – we're going to be able to do a full league or is it a Canadian U S division kind of process? Do you think? Well, as I said, shifting sands and moving goalposts, right? I, I think today we're all optimistic that, you know, a, a late, you know, later fall start. Uh, and we normally, you know, in recent years have started kind of early December. Um, I, I think targeting that time frame, or, or sometime before or after that, depending on, on kind of the circumstances, you know, look, I, I hope that uh, we're getting to, you know, 80% of vaccinations and, and that we get to the, you know, the herd immunity process and, and that, that we are, you know, kind of moving through that uh, to the extent that people feel comfortable coming back into buildings um, and, and player crossing the border and, and that the border will open again. I mean, it's the longest kind of the longest contiguous border of, of allies, you know, that's been open for years, right? And, and I think we need to get back um, to the friendship between, you know, the Americans and the U.S. and, and a mutual respect uh, for each other's activity with regards to safety. And uh, my hope is that uh, recent events might put us back on, on you know, a plane where uh, we're going to protect each other. So, you know, that, that's the only way this is going to happen, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and I think ultimately, you know, by taking care of each other, we're going to get to a point where we can put people in a building. But I, I got to tell you, I think vaccines are, are going to be a scenario where you're going to have to have a vaccine passport that says you got it in order to come into a building. And I think things are coming that are going to change. You want to go to a concert, you want to go to events, you want to go to a, a ball game, you, you, whatever. I, I think you're going to have to show credentials 
um, that you're safe. And, and I th- so strange things are coming. I'm just, I'm merely speculating here. I don't know anything. I'm just, I'm just kind of speculating, but that's my hope is that, uh, we're all taking care of each other. Um, we talked about the bubble possibility. I think a lot of fans were hoping that maybe a, a Canadian division, American division might happen. Um, with the amount of players on either side of the border, was that kind of reaching to be able to do yeah, that? Yeah, completely reaching. I mean, you ask Patrick. I mean, Pat, how many players from Canada do we have? How many of those guys could have played uh, in a scenario where the American teams were just playing against American teams? It just it's, it's not realistic. Yeah. It would have been very difficult and challenging in a lot of ways. Pat, we're 10 months away from what we hope will be the NLL's 35th season. What's the plan for you and your staff now? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's, it's, uh, it's circling back to kind of what, you know, first of all, just, um, you know, waiting for information from the league, right. Uh, which I know is forthcoming and, and, and continuing to have conversations. I mean, we did a lot of modeling throughout this process too, in terms of roster, right. You know, we were trying to prepare ourselves for all different types of situations. And Steve was great to kind of poke me to try and say, okay, well, maybe there might be an all, all American division or might, there might be a bubble, et cetera. Right. You might have a limited roster or a limited schedule, et cetera. So we did look at all those different types of scenarios. And, and so obviously as we wait for information from the league, then we're going to kind of circle back to uh, the scenario that we're going to kind of hone in on. And then, and then, you know, in the meantime, have, have individual conversations with guys, right. In terms of, you know, I know it's a very committed group and it's a group that wants to stay together, but inevitably in every off season, things change, as you know, Teddy, right. So, um, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. So we got to prepare for that too. Right. And, and there, there, there could be, you know, free agents available that we have our eye on that are currently on other teams that we think could make us better. Right. It could be a, a completely different pool of free agents that we're looking yeah. at. Um, you know, we have an expansion draft to prepare for. Right. Uh, and, and all those things. So I think but, you know, in the in the short term, you know, uh, again, awaiting the uh, awaiting the information from the league and then circling back with a, each individual guy to say, OK, where are you at? Right. And, and where do you want to go? And, and and where does your commitment lie for next year? Well, that one of the things. You make lemon lemonade out of lemons, right? And and it's been a tough time. And Pat and I have come, been, you know, we just we throw hypotheticals at the wall all day long. And and I go, well, what happens? What if we do this? And what if we do this? And and what about this? And and Pat just, you know, kind of I hear him groaning on the other end of the phone. And and he's like, goes back with a you know plan A, B, C, and G. And and we keep going back down the road of okay, well, what if we did this? But when you talk about lemonade out of lemons, like, you know, we're very committed to guys like Frankie Shiliano and Nick DeMood as goaltenders, but we're able to sign a young kid uh, who came out of the CCBLL and, and Moose Winery to be able to, you know, be a third goalie for us that could live in the market and has moved to San Diego and has been amazingly helpful with the junior seals. And, and, you know, he, he takes shots with the guys and he's got the gear on. And here's a guy that wants to develop into a goaltender long-term. He's 22 years old. Um, and, and just like is thrilled to be a part of it and is living in the market with a bunch of the other guys that are, that are still here that have been here kind of from the beginning with Cam Holding and Westberg and Austin Stotts and, and those guys. And, and here this kid's going to develop into a goaltending who's seeing a ton of rubber, right? So lemons out of, uh, lemonades out of lemons. 
Yeah, there has been like a, a great point. I think it's, there's been a lot of, there's been a huge silver lining in all of this from my perspective, because it, it, you have time to kind of obviously look yourself in the mirror, look within yourself, but, uh, and try to improve, you know, but it also, it also, you have more time to kind of, you know, find, find projects like, like, like Moose or, you know, and, and again, through the longer off season, we had a a lot more interest, quite frankly, from American free agents, you know, that, that have a lot of potential um, and that we're, you know, and again, it, it forces you to look for players in different places, you know, and work with players in different ways. Right. And, and, and work with your coaching staff in different ways as well. We challenged each other quite a bit through this process to kind of look at ways, you know, let's, let's not just look at, at the way things kind of have always been done. Right. And let's look at kind of new ways uh, that we can either improve our roster or improve the way we play. Same thing goes for the business. Right, Pat? Like, Patty, the, the we're sitting back going, OK, relaunch seals 2.0 is kind of the the internal, uh, you know, rallying cry for us is, is looking at the time we've had away and focusing. Look, we've got a lot of work to do to relaunch the seals in this marketplace. To, to the extent that, you know, we, we're not happy with a half full building, right? We want a full building. And so we better get on the process of, of building that database and building the consumer base and doing all the things that Patrick's doing on the team side, right, is happening on the business side. And, they, and you're a big part of that right now, Ted, and, and building content that people were engaged, are engaged in. And, and one of the things I've been thrilled about in San Diego is the coverage of the media in this market has been very respectful to us and understanding uh, the fan base that we have and the season ticket holders, season ticket members that we have have been spectacular. The sponsors have been, you know, so understanding and so, you know, spectacular in this process. Us. and the building and the arena has been great and I think throughout this whole thing we're only going to get better and more entrenched in the market well you know what and it's a good point sorry to uh interject there uh, Teddy but you're, you're going to realize this pretty quickly the team that you're working with in in San Diego um uh, is you know I, I will say like you know I, I get I have the chance and the opportunity to sit on a on a de department head call every every Tuesday afternoon or evening my time and and uh, and interact with, you know, all the different uh, great leaders that we have within the organization and all the different departments. And for me, you know, walking away from those calls, it was like, holy geez, I'm going to look at coaching a little bit differently. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at based on what I learned from from Colby or from from Luke or, or, or Josh. Right. In our front office in, in terms of the way they're doing things and the innovative things that they're working on to help the organization get to the next level. And then I bring those ideas back to the players. Right. And we have great conversations, you know, within the group to apply different ideas and, and, and same with the coaching staff, et cetera. So, yeah, I think that that has been certainly a, a, a silver lining. And, and I love the idea of, you know, using this time to kind of as a league, as an as an organization, as a sport to come back stronger. Right. Cause let's be honest, there were some things, as you know, Teddy, that we've been dealing with over the years that we just haven't had had time to get to as a sport right. that are really important that we have the that we have the time and resources to change at this point or build upon. Right. I mean, obviously not reinventing the wheel. There's a lot of great things that are going on. Our sport is amazing, um, but we need to find uh, to Steve's point, find a way to get it to more people. Uh, and there's some things that, that have kind of plagued us in the past that we can address now. 
Well, gentlemen, this has been a, yeah, a, a fantastic conversation. Obviously, like I said at the start, not one we were hoping to have, but one that needed to be had. And we can look forward to 10 months of Seals 2.0. I'm sure, Steve, you have a ton of recipes in your cookbook that you need to go through. Um, but we look forward to tasting that. Wondering if you're going to have, you know, Chef Gordon Ramsay or anybody famous on one of your shows. I retired. I was such a jerk when I, <laughs> to my uh, family when I was trying. I, now I know why chefs are jerks. It's it's not easy. I, I mean, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not, I'm by no means a chef, but, uh, you know, it, when you start to get mean to your family because, you know, you cook something and it wasn't right on the first take and now you can't cook it again. Right. It was, that was what I was getting so frustrated with everything. And so ultimately I said, you know what, that was fun for a while. I'm not going to do it anymore, but, uh, you know, and then the TFL podcast, which I just had such a blast doing, but, uh, um, looks like Jake Elliott stole my idea. So, um, <laughs> we can, he, he stole my idea. So he's doing it now without me i don't even get royalties um but at the end of the day teddy i'm glad you're with us uh we're excited to have you seals 2.0 i think everybody should look forward to um i'm i'm super excited that we're a contender that's uh, ready to play uh ready to play lacrosse today tomorrow or whenever they tell us to show up i think patrick's group is uh is fired up and and I think we're a contender to win a championship. So uh, you know, just tell us when and tell us where. Well, we can build off that game against Rochester that sort of ended the season and go from there, gentlemen. Again, uh, fantastic catching up. Uh, this will be the first of many conversations we have over the next few months. Uh, stay safe and let's get ready to dive in. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Our fans are gonna love you.